Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Psychic's Thoughts. Man, it's good to start the new year off right, huh? 2023, first episode of 2023. No pressure, no pressure. Nah. Um, please bear with me, I did wake up super early. I had to drop my girlfriend off at the airport. So my one-week vacation is over. And it's like 6 a.m. in the morning right now. But I have too much caffeine and uh, uh, stuff in my body. So I may still be tired, but I'm not tired enough to sleep. You know, it's that weird in-between state. So bear with me. But I do want to uh, utilize this time alone to make some more podcasts. And uh, I was thinking about it. And in my previous episode, the one that kind of rounded out the games, my favorite games of the year uh, or ones that stood out to me... And most of the ones I talked about in that previous episode, and feel free to check that out when you ever, uh, whenever you have a chance, but, uh, but most of the games in there uh, I already had a podcast about beforehand. And it was nice because that gave just general impressions and initial reviews. And, you know, that's how I do things because I'm always trying new games and moving on. Uh, sometimes I come back and give updates on some same games if they made radical changes or if I got back into them or want to talk about them. But other than that, usually, like, I, I don't do a score. I don't do nothing like that because these games change. In my opinion, and things change. So I just give you my general thoughts. I, I don't have a singular metric. I might create one at some point, right? But until then, you know, I'll still say if I like it, if I think it's good, if I think it's worth playing, but I won't necessarily say, oh, it's a 7 out of 10. Like what? Especially with my preference of games, right? You, you could be playing a 10 out of 10 game, but if it's not the genre that I particularly like to play, if it's not my kind of game, I'm not going to give it that same rating, which is why ratings are fickle, but they're still important. They still keep an industry standard and still help consumers uh, make right purchases. And so this is partially that. This is to just vent and get my ideas out and talk about stuff I like to talk about as always, but then it's also to hopefully help you as a consumer. If it's on a product or a game or something you're interested in, or if you just want to hear my thoughts on it because you got time to kill and you're interested in hearing my silky smooth baritone voice. Whatever the case may be, I appreciate all the love and support as always. New music's on the way. Short films are out and coming out by the dozen. Not really, I wish. Um, but yeah, the psychic production engine is still up and running at full capacity and is expanding and perfecting as much as possible. And 2023 is going to be an exciting year for it all. So thank you for everyone who's been supporting and who continues to support in any way they see possible. I appreciate it as always. So let's get into it. What game am I going to talk about this time around? Well, it's one I briefly mentioned and it's one I didn't stick with long enough. It's a game called Bloons Tower Defense. Specifically, Bloons Tower Defense 6. Now, now, wait before you click out or find a reason to tune out. Hear me out. Bloons Tower Defense 6 is not a kid's game. It appeals to kids, just like fucking, I don't know, Mario or literally any video game ever made because their entire demographic is geared towards kids. But Bloons Tower Defense is one of the most deceptive games you will ever see and or play in your life. And it's also one of the best. So let's get into it. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. I know that was a really brief intro, but I wanted to kind of keep you in suspense. Bloons Tower Defense 6. What is it? How does it work? 
All right, so let's get into the basics. Balloon's Tower Defense is a long-lasting franchise game. Started originally as a web browser flash game back in the early 2000s and continued to progress and expand its scale, scope, and reach. Um, basically, the simple premise is it is a tower defense strategy game, right? You know, top-down, bird's-eye view, 2D animation, or 2.5D, sort of. Um, and you just... It's a very simple premise. You, it's weird, right? It is, it is geared towards kids on a surface level, and we'll get into that. Okay? But you've got monkeys, right? Or towers with primary effects. Not all of them are monkeys, but a lot of them are. And you've got balloons. Like, literally balloons. And it's called Balloons Tower Defense. Um... And these balloons come in different colors, varieties, and have different layers to them. And they come through a track. You have a certain amount of set cash in the beginning of the round. You set towers down. You upgrade them. You use Those towers automate and take down the balloons. And the balloons each round get more difficult, come in faster with different variations. And you get more cash and you upgrade your towers. And your whole goal is to survive to a certain round number to complete the challenge. Um... Or to just last as long as you want. However, whatever mode you're playing. That's the bare minimum simplistic form that I could possibly give you on how it works. It is a tower defense game. It is quite simple. And what's great about it is it is kind of cartoony. It is like, looks like it's geared towards kids. And it is in some regards. In fact, it's a great game to introduce younger kids into. First of all, it's cheap. Now, I would recommend playing Bloons Tower Defense 6. Just... If you haven't played any of them, it's not something you need to go in order for. They just get better and more improved over time, and Bloons Tower Defense 6 is now the premier one. Bloons Tower Defense 5 is phenomenal. It's great, but and it still gets a little bit of support, but BDD 6 is where it's, where it's at. In fact, there's not going to be a seventh one, for those who do, do know the game or are, are avid fans. Um, we're just going to keep continuing the service for 6, as if it's Fortnite, Rocket League, Minecraft, think of it like that. In fact, they said they might take away the six and add a new symbol like plus or infinite. That'd be that'd make more sense. Um, or just keep it at Bloons Tower Defense. But essentially, they're just going to keep improving, updating the game. There's never going to be a need to buy a new one, at least not until engine or massive changes happen, right? Which won't be for a while. I mean, you think of Rainbow. Rainbow's been around for almost a decade. It's still going strong. It doesn't plan on changing drastically, and, uh, it, you know, <laughs> here we are. <laughs> so, yeah. Anyway. Um, but I, I, I don't want to just explain the game. I mean, that's not for this. If you need help, uh, if you're new to the game, if you don't understand how to play it, that's okay, right? There's a tutorial in the game that's pretty helpful for the basics. And then the more complex stuff, it gets more complex. And I, and that's what I want to really talk about. But, um, there's a great YouTuber, HBomb, all one word. Um, it's a great Bloons Tower Defense 6 YouTuber. Keeps it real short, real concise, unlike me. Um, it's YouTube, so it's video format, and it's really informative, and he just dropped a video, like, two days ago. It's a five-minute video that gives you a little more in-depth than the tutorial gives you on the basics of balloons, and it, it's not overwhelming, and it actually teaches you a lot of necessary things. He also has tips and tricks and all kinds of stuff. So if you're here looking for, like, okay, how do I play the game? How do I get better at the game? 
my only advice is, and, and I'll, I'll sprinkle some hints, tips, tricks, info, general things I've learned, but th- this isn't that. No, this, this podcast is specifically to address uh, the perception of this game and how perception and marketing in other games really do matter um, and how they can affect the player base uh, because this game is a sleeping giant. This game's fucking huge, people. Bloons Tower Defense 6. Now, that's the only one I'm talking about. There is an entire franchise. There's Bloons Tower Defense Battles. There's a bunch of spin-offs, but I'm just primarily talking about BTD6, Bloons Tower Defense 6 by Ninja Kiwi. Okay, it's $10 or so, maybe $20 now, on Steam. It's on Epic, so you can buy it on PC, which I recommend. Um, it's also on mobile. If you have Apple Arcade, you can download it for free. On mobile, it's five bucks. Uh, either way, it's still the full game on either platform. It's completely cross-play and cross-progression between both, which is kind of dope. And they are planning within this year to port it to 2023. I'm sorry, to consoles this year. This year is 2023. I was thinking about that. No, no, but they plan on porting it to consoles this year, which is also really cool. Really, really cool, actually. So, that's kind of that's that's some of the basics, and and the reason why I want to talk about it is I've been playing Bloom's Tower Defense six more than I've been playing almost any other game for the past couple months, and then especially this well last now year uh, and this year, you know, starting off this new year, we're six days into twenty twenty three, so I guess it doesn't really count. But, uh, but yeah, it's fascinating. Um, this game is difficult as fuck. It really is. This game is not easy. Uh, there are easy things about this game. Right. It's not like Elden Ring, though. It sometimes is more difficult or more annoying, actually. Game takes patience. I think what's really good is from a kid getting into gaming, this really helps with teaching patience, strategy, management, and it's very satisfying. There's a lot of, um, uh, what's it called? Oh, there's, a, there's a shit ton of things in this game. If you buy Bloons Tower Defense 6 now, as of 2023, you are looking at hundreds of hours of content if you choose to engage. There are more than 50 maps. First off, that's a huge deal. That's, I mean, maps are everything. That's new stuff. Within those maps, there are three difficulties. Easy, medium, hard. Okay, those are kind of obvious, right? And they really do make a difference actually the only difference they make they don't change the speed of the balloons they don't really even change the pattern i'll get into that in a second right each round on standard if you're just playing standard media easy medium hard each round is the same balloon same amount so even if you don't memorize it you get more familiar with the pattern patterns are important in gaming it's what helps us learn and builds you know foundational building blocks however here's where it gets tricky um the round that you're required to survive until to get the win is what changes. That's the only thing that really changes. And then also the costs of towers increase in the difficulty level. So the harder the gameplay is, the more expensive each tower is. And it can be quite significant. It can be a difference. It doesn't actually change the stats of the tower. It doesn't actually change the stats of the balloons. It just changes 
um, the cost and how many rounds you have to last. On easy, you have to make it to round 40, which for beginners is not easy, but it, it quickly will become easy. <laughs> I mean, that's why it's called that. So if you play on a beginner map, on easy, it's a great way to just warm up, get introduced, learn the mechanics, upgrade, and unlock towers, which we'll get into in a minute. Uh, in a minute. Whatever. Um, medium, you got to get to round 60. Hard, you have to get to round 80. Now, for those wondering, you can go higher. <laughs> Once you get that round completion, you get your monkey cash, you get your XP, you get the achievement, you get the medal, you win, you're good. You can hit free play. You can continue playing if you want. If you have a good build, if you want to go high round. Just so you know, your XP that you get for each tower is cut in half. But who cares? I mean, if you're having fun, you're having fun. You want to keep going. You can also just back out and it actually saves the game on that map and you can continue at any point, which is dope. And I think that's something people don't realize. You can do that with anything at any time, um, but it can affect your progress if you're trying to complete certain things, okay? So that's the basics, right? And every time you finish a new course, right, easy, medium, hard on that map, get monkey cash. This monkey cash is vital. It is important because you get monkey knowledge points or you unlock heroes with it or, you know, some other stuff if you really want it. It's the premium currency. It's the currency that would cost you real in-game microtransactions if you choose to buy it. However, please be known, yes, that is an option, and yes, I've fallen victim to it a handful of times, but I will say that, especially in my learning curve, trying to get good at the game, once I started getting more comfortable on black-bordering stuff, which I'll tell you about in a minute, um, you get ample amount of cash as long as you play the game. So if you're impatient or an idiot like I am, and I'm not impatient, but I am an idiot, and I didn't realize that for a while, and... I didn't realize how much money you get, for one. Also, I just didn't know the game well enough early on, right? Um, but as I've been playing it more, getting more comfortable, learning this game in and out, falling in love with it more and more over time, I've realized I don't really need to buy stuff anymore. Unless I really want to and have some extra money to splurge on. Um, so, yeah. There's that. Then within each regular mode, I know this is a lot of info that you may not need. Uh, I'll get into the more interesting parts of it. I'm just going over bare minimum basics so you understand the, the layers, the, the amount of content that's in this game. It's fucking nuts, people. By the way, the game is fun. Like, the general gameplay loop is fun. It's not just about, oh, you got a lot of stuff to do. It's not menial stuff. It's very engaging, surprisingly, even if it feels fun. Now, it's not for everyone. If you hate tower defense games, it's not for you. But it's hard to hate this game. They do everything so, so well because you're engaged in sometimes, and this is what I used to think, well, if you're not actively constantly playing, right, moving a character constantly in the motion of action like a Call of Duty or Elden Ring, is it fun? Is it fun to just place a tower and then hit round, go, and watch? Yeah, because what you're doing is you're managing, micromanaging at times and monitoring, watching your income revenue, preparing for the next thing, upgrading towers, using their power-ups. There's still constant mental engagement. Even if you're not physically constantly engaged, though often you are. And in fact, things come so quick, you actually don't want to not be ready to make a quick move. And that's what I love. It's the ebb and flow of quiet before the storm and then the storm fucking you sideways. That's what this game is. Okay? So then within each... So you can play the game normal with different difficulties and on different maps, right? And you get your cash and all that. Great. That's one thing. Then 
to get more medals in each mode just for one map at a time. There's a bunch of maps. You can do it for all these maps, but just say one map at a time. You just start with the most basic first beginner map, right? You've got easy, medium, hard, yeah? And then you can play normal on those. Once you do normal, you unlock two to three more different types of game modes. You don't have to play them. They're completely optional. They're fun. They, they add different variety. One's alternate balloons, so it changes up that pattern that you might get used to in normal and other balloons modes where it changes up what types of balloons come in when, and it's fucking terrifying, <laughs> okay? And then there's a half cash. You make half the amount of cash you would normally make, which fucking sucks. Um double hp on moabs moabs by the way i may be mentioning them a lot they are big they are the zeppelins they are the uh what's it called the blimps they're blimps they come in after round 40 on standard modes on normal game modes um you know they're big boys they're not the hardest things ever but they are if you're new to the game they're going to be the first thing you'd be like oh shit Okay, so there's red balloons. They only have one layer. You pop them, they're dead. You have blue. It's two layers. Green, three. Yellow, four. Pink, five, I believe. They do pick up in speed as they go up. Then you have the... I may be going out of order. For any balloons fans, don't yell at me. I am doing this from the top of the dome. Here we go. And uh, memory. I have logged 300 hours. You'd think I'd know this by now, but I don't. Um, then you've got, like, red... Or, I'm sorry, white and black. They have special properties. Then you have lead. It's just a full steel balloon. It's got a bunch of layers packed in it. So as they go up, mind you, all the previous layers that have been mentioned are in them as well. Usually, not all the time, but most of them. So lead, then ceramic, which is a bitch, and then rainbow, and then and then a recycle of some of the zebra, and then regen, which are like hearts, and they actually regenerate layers if you don't continue fire. <laughs> it gets worse. And then... Fucking God, there's so many. And there's purple balloons that are immune to magic. I'll get into that in a minute. And then there's hardened ceramic versions of those. There's camo balloons. Basically, if you get my drift, there are a fuck ton. And they come in different varieties. And every time they come in, they change the way you have to have certain towers. Because certain towers cannot do damage are either completely uh canceled out or just not as powerful or as efficient on these certain things and mind you in every game especially if you're getting around 80 or higher you will be experiencing these variations therefore you need to know how each tower and upgrade path for that said tower works that's where it comes that's where it gets interesting um and then you get up to moabs and they have a bunch of shit in them and then you get Bigger Moabs, the red ones, I forget those names, BMGs. Then you get DDTs, which are god-awful. They're camo, they move super fast, they are ceramic, or they're, they're lead, and they're fucking deadly. It's hard for almost anything to see those and still do damage to it, even if they do see it. Anyway, my point is, if you're new to the game, the, these are just some of the things you'll run into. So these aren't just a few balloons. This shit gets hectic. In fact, this shit can get so hectic, it can it can really slow down your computer if you don't have enough to boot but to be fair to play all the basic modes if you're not going really really high round or trying to do anything extra you could do that on a phone so it's still very very optimized it's optimized very well okay and it's cross save like i said so if you play it on your phone and then you want to buy it on pc you could do that save all your progress and continue on like it's no biggie i have it saved on three different devices my laptop my pc and my phone anyway 
That's some of the basics. Then you have monkey towers or just towers in general. They have different classes. You've got primary, you've got military, you've got magic, you've got support. I think that's it. I think I, yeah. And they all have certain towers in them. And then each tower has five upgrade tiers. Well, they have three paths that you can choose to upgrade. And only one of them, one of those paths can be maxed out to five. And then the other one can be maxed out to two, if that makes any sense. So you can't max out on all three paths on one tower. This is really hard to explain without any visual aid, and I apologize. Like I said, go watch H-Bomb's uh, five-minute intro video or go try the game. Or if you've played it, you already know what I'm talking about. But basically, what I'm trying to get at is there's complexity to this game. Because you got like a bunch of towers. You have three upgrade paths for each that go up to five tiers on each. So you have 15 total upgrades and then possibly Paragon, which is a super, super ultimate upgrade that only are available to certain towers right now. And those change the properties. Then you have the different classes of towers, the different types of balloons that come at you, the different types of modes, the maps, the games. And then you have heroes, which is one special monkey that you buy with monkey cash. You drop it in. You don't have to do anything. You don't have to upgrade the path in-game. It just auto-upgrades over time. It's dope. It's really unique. It helps level the playing field, and it can change your entire strategy. And then on top of all of that, <laughs> all that XP, all that micromanaging, figuring out what tower, what map, all that, after all that, you have monkey knowledge points, which are like skill points that you acquire to a massive fucking skill tree. I'm talking there's over 200, I think, maybe, maybe not, no, but, but there's over 100, maybe 115, not 200, 115, let's say, different skill points to allocate total. That's like 20 to 30 per class of monkey towers. And they all, you know, they all benefit eventually. That's on top of the other stuff. On top of regular XP leveling up your towers to get the new upgrade paths. Learning the general strategies. Getting medals, playing alternate in different kinds of modes within the map. And uh, getting new heroes and trying new things. And then on top of that, there's special events odysseys boss elite events that are temporary for the weekend or whatever on top of all that as well as updating with new towers new heroes new paragons new maps new modes every few months that's bdd6 for those who may not realize how how much is really packed up in there it's a fuck ton of content it's so much content i've had 300 hours in it and i haven't i I haven't even come close to finishing it. And it's not something that a completionist would ever even dare want to touch because you would die. You would die of anxiety attacks. I, it's, it's too much. But it's too much because it's meant to be played at leisure. Or if you're a psychopath like me, you could try to play it more intensely. But even then, I know people play it way more intensely or who have been playing it longer more intensely, I should say. Because I got into it I got the game in 2018, not on PC or anything, just on my phone. Played it a bit here and there. Got back into it around 2021. Got it on PC fall, winter of 2021. And been playing it more heavily on and off. And then within 2022, especially summer of leading up to last month, I've been playing it even more heavily. So I'd say I've only really been playing it heavily and intensely as a main game in rotation for six months. And I've learned a 
fuck ton in that time, and I've only learned to respect this game even more because of it. This game's a lot. Here, I'm actually gonna open it up on my computer so I can give you more. There are thirty five. What? There are thirty. No, one, two, three. Three, six, nine. There are thirteen heroes. Yeah. There are 13 heroes or so, maybe 15. Which are the special ones that you buy with cash. There are th one, two, three, four, five, six. There, wait, uh, six, seven, five. So there's over. There's over 20 monkeys towers. I'm not good at math, people. Bear with me. Over 20 monkey towers. There is 32, 30, oh my god, there's 60, 80, 100, 100. There's 130 monkey skill points. I, I can't even count the maps. That would take too much time, but let's just say there's like a lot. There's like 50 plus maps in the game. And then with the, each map, you get three difficulties. One, two, three, four, five, and then five or six modes within those difficulties. Or four to five modes within those difficulties. And that's the content. It's a lot, people. It's a lot. And it takes time, but you get more and more into it. And the more you play, the more you learn, the harder it gets. The more you push yourself, the more you realize this game is not made for kids. The beginner stuff, maybe the animations, sure. That's actually a great way, like I said, to get kids into gaming. Uh, but <laughs> once you start realizing and start playing more and more, you start realizing this game ain't even made for adults. It's made for fucking masochists. Alright, welcome back, ladies and gents. So, Bloom's Tower Defense 6. I've given you as much of the basics as I can. This game will teach you to die or lose, I guess, a lot. You will lose hours into this game if you get into it. But it's a, it's a great strategy game because in its mechanics, once you learn the basics, it's super fucking simple. Oh, you place this, uh, you do that. Okay, that's really simple. But once you learn, okay, so like attack zone with this and that, once you learn the intricacies of how everything is interwoven, how there are mechanics, just, you may not even realize. I watched a tips and tricks video the other night, and I learned so much from that video. It just said some really hidden things. I'm like, how the fuck, how does someone even realize that? Like, how would someone know that? You know, it's that kind of depth and complexity and what makes me want to keep coming back and playing this game. Also, this game is really easy to casually play but still pay attention to. It doesn't take 110% attention. It's not like Rainbow Six Siege where you have to be all in it. But it's difficult. It's it's not easy. It's, it's like Rocket League in the sense that when you play Rocket League, anyone who's played that, great game by the way, it on the surface once again looks like a kid's game because it kind of is. You know, it is geared towards younger. And by kids game, I, I don't mean like leapfrog age. I mean between the ages of, I don't know, 8 to 12. Like it's really aiming for that demographic. You know, Fortnite in the same way, right? There's a bunch of games that the style, the way it presents itself, the way it, the way it advertises and markets itself is geared for that age group.
That's fine. There's no no shame in that, right? And adults can play games too. I, I'm not belittling it. Fuck, I, I play all kinds of games. I don't care. It really doesn't matter. There are games that when you play it, you're like, okay, this is clearly meant for kids. Like, there, there isn't a scaling up. This isn't even designed for adults to get into for very long. This is purely meant for kids, and it stops at that. And that's fine, too. But there are games that are designed that from an entry level or from a pick-up-and-play, it's very simple, and it's easy to get into, and it's easy to like, and it's great to teach a kid how to game or how to play or how to learn how to play games, and that's fine. You know? Any Mario game does it perfectly. They're like Pixar. Mario is very much so, Nintendo really, is like Pixar because they create games that kids can get into, play, love, fall in love with, and learn from. They also make games that adults can try to keep on playing and get better at because of that scale. There is this beautiful arc in gaming and in many things where, like I've said before, my favorite type of game design is easy to pick up and play, or easy enough, difficult to master listen i don't like a game that's so complex in its control schemes and so weird where i'm like fighting with the controls after 15 plus years of gaming intuition i don't like that that just seems counterintuitive and i can understand why anybody might not like that now i'm not to say if someone likes a certain control scheme or likes something that's a little more out there they're wrong for it that's perfectly fine too but what i'm saying is i don't like that I like the simplicity of picking up and playing. I like the simplicity of the controls of Rocket League. To drive and to jump and to boost in Rocket League is not too difficult. To drive and use power-ups in Mario Kart is not too difficult. To really, to move and upgrade stuff on Bloons Tower Defense is super fucking easy. It is designed for kids to be able to do without having to know any controls. It is a point-and-click sort of thing. Right? You're dropping towers down, you're positioning stuff you're hitting upgrade paths and you're letting them do the work you're not you know it's not like galaga you're not controlling a ship it's you're not controlling each tower there are some exceptions like the dartling gunner you can like unlock and move your mouse and where you move it shoots and yeah stuff like that but for the most part it's automated right But it does a brilliant thing. There's a lot of tower games that are bad or boring because they take all sorts of engagement out. All the engagement and gameplay you have is in the downtime in between rounds before the enemy forces come in again. And in between that time, there's nothing. You do all the stuff, and then during the gameplay, there's not jack shit to do. However, in Bloons, as the difficulty scales up, you start doing more shit to prepare for the next round, even if you have a break. Or you have to compensate because... It doesn't matter how many hours you spend, you will still be caught off guard or you will forget or you won't pay attention to what round or what enemies are coming down the pipeline. And you will piss yourself a little bit and panic click and try to upgrade something or play something down. This is where management comes in. This creates a, a, you know, a feedback loop, positive I may add, where you are constantly engaging your brain in positive stimuli. I think, I think it's positive for the most part where you are making quick but very precise critical uh, judgments. Critical thinking and problem solving on the fly. It's the whole reason why we learn math the way we learn it in school. It's actually the same thing. Bloons, Bloons, in my opinion, implements the same thing. I don't, I don't know if it's as, it's not as important as mathematics and arithmetic in, in the greater world of society. 
I enjoy it more, but that doesn't mean it's more important. But it still activates critical thinking in a way that other games may not. But to be fair, all games in some respect do do that. That's like the whole point of gaming. So when people say, oh, gamers are stupid, well, first of all, I don't think people say that anymore, but sometimes they do. Because certain video games can come off as really stupid. Oh, you just do this. Even Call of Duty is critical thinking. It's just really fucking fast. In Call of Duty, when you're running down a certain lane and you know that there are enemies down there, you're doing critical thinking. You're doing what you can to figure out what you should do next. Right? Some games take a more literal, slower approach to that cognitive process. You know? Sometimes it's like Rainbow. Rainbow does a great job at that. Rainbow is very much, you have to think before you shoot. Not all the time, you still have to know how to shoot and react, right? But in Rainbow Six Siege, you do have to definitely think about where you're, where you're placing yourself. Think about where the enemies are. Think about who the enemies are. Think about, do you shoot now or do you shoot later? I, I mean, I don't think many people talk about this, but sometimes not killing somebody in Rainbow is a better option. Not all the time. Obviously, if they see you and they're about to kill you, you, brought, you should shoot. <laughs> Right? It's not like it's that many people in the game. It's 5v5 after all. If you can get the kill before they can, you're still making a positive impact one-fifth more, you know? Yet, then again, if you got two or three... This happens all the time, especially if you're a roamer in Rainbow Six Siege. If you are roaming and there are two to three operatives who walk by, they don't always, like, stack up and go in at the same time. They go one at a time. So if you see one person and you just shoot and kill them, the other two people are going to see it and probably kill you. You might get lucky and eke it out, but probably not, right? So say you do that, okay? But if you waited just 15 seconds to see where they were going, to see if there's anyone near them and any more seasoned player would actually wait, You might get nagged two to three enemies from behind instead of shooting one and giving your position away. A lot of critical thinking going on in Rainbow. The more you play it, of course, it be becomes more rote, and so you don't always actively think about it, you know? That goes with any game. The more you play it, the less you have to actively think about it because the more familiar you get with it, but it doesn't mean you're not still problem-solving all the time. Bloons is a another example of this. Except actually in Bloons, you do more... Even once you're more familiar, you do more problem solving. Um, balloons is brutal. To continue in any regular mode, you have to spend $200 cash, which isn't the end of the world. But it's expensive. On average, that's like one-third of the reward you get if you complete it. So you have to make a decision there. Like, oh, do I just restart? Because when you restart, it's from scratch. So if you've made any good progress, then usually you just remember that and it takes time. But these games take time. Yeah, you can fast-forward the movement of everything up to two times, which is a godsend, but it's actually not fast enough sometimes. Golly, I wish they added it four times, you know. But as you upgrade these paths, as you learn the, the complexity of what goes on in and around, you start realizing 
this game is more in-depth than you would have maybe initially thought. At least that's what's happened to me, and I've spent more time, and I've spent more times frustrated at this game than I thought I ever could be. Listen, I started playing Blooms as a kid in, like, 2007. That was, like, BTD3? So, I'm familiar with the franchise. I know kind of what's coming. And I played a little bit of BTD6 when it came out, which it came out in 2018. It's now 2023. Still doing strong. That's impressive. Um, so I kind of knew. But they've updated. They've changed so much. They've added so much more. It also looks and runs way better. So there's that. But um, But it's nuts. It is... It's bonkers. It's it's a very... It, it's probably one of the best tower defense games ever made. Because of the way it balances its simplicity in logically understanding the basic principles and the foundation and the building blocks, but branching out and allowing complexity to a masterful level to a point where black bordering, which is a term we use because you literally get a black border around the map, which means you have... Com- fully 100% completed that map. You can still free play it. You still could replay it. It's not like you can never play it again. You can play any map as many times as you want, however you want, which is great. There's also challenge editor, which you can edit certain challenges or play challenges made by other players. So that's cool. But, but, um, but blackboarding a map means you go through every difficulty and you get you play every mode and you beat it successfully. That's time consuming. It could take a, like two to three hours if you're good and versed at the game. And it depends on the map, of course. But it could take two to three hours or more just to, just to do that for one map. Mind you, there's like 50 maps. Okay. But it gets way more difficult the more maps and, uh, the hardest last two or three modes in on the hard difficulty of the map is, um, well, Apocalypse is always hard because that's just never-ending and it's pretty pretty tricky. But half-cash mode usually fucks with people. It's just difficult. You just don't make as much money. So you just, you know, it plays like a regular game other than the fact you don't make as much money. You make half the cash you normally make. Because you make cash per pop. And that's what allows you to upgrade your monkeys or get new towers. You need the cash, you know. Um, and then also chimps which I forget what the acronym is for it, but Chimps is designed to fuck you. When you play Chimps, which is the final thing in the hard mode, and once you do that, say you're going in order, you go from easy, medium, hard, and you play each metal, each mode, up to that point, Chimps is the very last one. If you complete that, you get the black border, you get some cash, you get an achievement maybe, and you move on. Um, Chimps is difficult. In chimps, you, it's altered. You have, it's regular balloon pattern, but you have to get to, you have to get through round 100, right? Which is hard. <laughs> it's not easy. Um, so there's that. You have one health. You have one heart. Usually you have 100 or 150 or 200, depending on the mode you're playing on. You have one. So if one balloon, one red balloon gets past, you're dead. You lose. You have to start over. There is no continuing button. Not even if you pay cash. All your monkey knowledge points, which are skill points that are permanent, that stay throughout all the games you play, except chimps. 
that's not there. You also can't make additional cash. So you can't put banana farms down, unless I'm mistaken. But I don't think you can do banana farms, so you can't farm shit. You can't put... Uh, certain heroes that benefit that, like Benjamin. You can still put heroes down, but, you know. Everything's a little more expensive in price. And, and yeah, that's that's pretty much it. But you get no monkey knowledge points. You get no continues. You get no... Um, no extra income. Nothing like that. It's super fucking difficult. If you complete a map on chimps, once you get a black border, it really shows that you're understanding the game's mechanics. It strips you of all aids and all progress. It And it's not to say that this game should always be played on chimps. That would never be fucking fun. Chimps is the ultimate test to understand or to show you, to, to make you understand or learn, do you know how to play this game without any crutches? And man, is it fucking difficult, especially if you've been like, grinding out that with the crutches mind you every other mode allows monkey knowledge points and continues and all that even if they're more difficult or varied that's the loop and, and you don't have to get black border you don't have to try to get all the metals in fact i didn't try forever i'm only now trying and it's only sometimes and i like it, it gets me cash makes me feel good it makes me learn more of the game but this game's intricate, and it will whoop the fucking shit out of you if you're not paying attention. So, I've been playing this game. I'm excited to see what comes. I, I want more content, as always. They just added this new Elite boss called the Dread Balloon. Elite bosses, by the way, are these special modes where this huge one balloon comes in, it has a different mechanic. Traditional mode is still going on top of that, but not as much. And basically, your goal is to, up until it comes in in the first 40 rounds, so you get 39 rounds to prep. You try to get cash, you try to get stuff going. Then it comes in, you try to kill it as quickly as possible. The faster you kill it, the more downtime with other rounds you have in between the next time it comes in. And it comes in with more health, and that's it. And it goes up to five times. Comes in five fucking times. And that's the normal mode. And then if you beat that, there, you get the elite mode unlocked. And it gets you cash. It gets you special rewards, achievements, all that. And it's fun. It switches up the dynamic. It's not just playing on a regular map. The map's already pre-chosen. And it's an event. It's temporary. And uh, by the way, you can play all of these games in co-op. Up to four players if you choose. Which is also really fun. However, it does half your cash. If you play this game enough and you've got the money to burn and you're willing to spend it I, and you play it in co-op a lot with somebody, I do highly recommend you go in the store and you buy, it's stupidly expensive, but you buy the permanent double cash mode, which then you can just go in your settings and switch on and off. I switch it off when I play alone. Um, I don't want that aid when I'm playing alone. I want to be challenged, but I do switch it on when I play co-op with my girlfriend we are a long distance relationship we are playing that game constantly that's where i get most of my hours and it's a great time we have a good time doing it she's gotten much better at the game as have i it's unfair that we both have half cash when playing co-op 
right? Because in theory, they're like, oh, well, then two halves make a whole. Yeah, but you're still buying stuff independently, and it sometimes splits the map, or even if you don't split the map, it still splits the workload. So it doesn't... It's like playing... It's like playing every mode at half cash, which is one of the hardest modes in the game. So even when you're playing with somebody... They're not always going to give you their cash. They have to save up. It's just ridiculous. It's it's honestly unfair. Um, it would just make more sense if it was seventy five percent, right? That would be better, not fifty percent. Something like that. So I bought the double cash mode because my god, at least one of us is making more money. And then I can send it to her and share it, so. And this is just within the confines of the game. Yes, you have the monkey cash that you get that you use as upgrades and you buy heroes with. But I just mean the in-game cash that you get per round to buy your towers to play through the match. That's all I'm talking about. But I will. I did buy a, a, a microtransaction of that nature to have that permanent switch if I play with her. It's great. Now, I don't recommend that unless you know you're going to play co-op a lot. You know, I'm in a long-distance relationship, so like I said, it's warranted because that's how I usually play this game with her. I, I don't often play it alone too much, but um, so yeah, that, that's all. Um, but it, it's it's difficult. But anyway, yes, you can play every game in co-op, which is really cool, and it can be cross-play. So if someone doesn't have it on a computer, no big deal. If they got it on their phone, they can play it. it they're at a disadvantage a little bit, but it's not the end of the world. Um... So yeah, that, that's all really good too. So almost every mode, every time, every type of mode you can play. And it gives you separate progression for that. You, to blackboard or do stuff like that, you still have to play on your own. But playing co-op will net you some unique medals and rewards uh, on its own merits. So the, the special boss events are really cool too, right? There's different types of blooms. They're, they're all the big blooms, scary types. And the latest one came in, uh, the Dread Bloom. And holy fucking shit was that tricky. I have beat it twice now. It's come back and forth over the weekend since Christmas break. Um, but, man. It literally becomes immune to certain types of monkeys. So it really makes you have to play all kinds of things. And, man, man, oh, man, was that smart of Ninja Kiwi, the devs, to put that boss in there. Because that boss has single-handedly made me change the way I play games and made me learn about new new, new towers and upgrade paths I never really explored because I lean too heavy on this or that. And that's the beauty of it. There are so many intricacies you will not realize that even if you play a tower a lot, you might not play with a certain upgrade path because you found one, you like it, and you always go to it because it's a safe one. This game has a lot of intricacy and complexity and it will whoop the fucking shit out of you as you're learning. And that's what's beautiful about it because you learn and you actually will get better in the game the more you play and the more you learn. Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen. That's kind of it. I guess I... This game's harder to talk about because it's such a visual thing. You know? But I love it. And, and it's not initial impressions. I've spent 300 hours, so it's not really a review. But if I had to review this game, I guess I'd give it a high rating. You know, this isn't a game you're always going to keep playing. This is, But this is a good constant. First of all, once again, it's great for kids to learn how to game. It's great for simple long distance especially since like if you have somebody you care about you want to keep in touch with that don't always have access to 
gaming hardware, right? You can't buy a console or a PC or whatever, or games aren't crossplay. This is a great way to do that. It's cheap and it's infinitely replayable. And the more time you spend in it, the better it gets because the more you start to learn the intricacies and it rewards you for that. Naturally, you get better at it. Therefore, you succeed more. Therefore, you get further in it. There's still a lot of things I want to try. Heroes I want to buy. Things I want to unlock. Things I want to learn. Maps I want to master. Right? I'm level 133 with over 300 hours into this game over the course... Well, I've been playing it since 2018. But I'll say that at least 150 hours have been in the past year. Year and a half. That's a lot. It's a fuck ton of hours into one game. Especially a game that usually is just kind of waved off to the side. Not because it's not good, but because it is perceived as a kid's game. And it is. But it's not just a kid's game. And that's what I really wanted to get at. Like Minecraft. Like Rocket League. Right? Like even Fortnite to an extent. It has complexity. And it's actually masterfully des designed. And very, very intricate. And satisfying. It's actually very satisfying to pop balloons. You'd be surprised how satisfying it actually is to do that. But it's, it's pretty satisfying. But yeah, this game is challenging. It could be peaceful. It could be meditative. That's what I also like. The easier stuff is just easy. And, it, and it's nice. Especially once you get familiar with the mechanics. Now, th there are people who have made entire livings dedicated on the YouTube channel. But you know what I really like the most about this game? One of the things is the community. The community is lovely from what I could tell. You learn a lot from going on the Bloons Tower Defense 6 Reddit. The memes, the culture that is formed from this game and from the love and influence of this game. The lore, the world building. I kid you not, if I could, if I was a good animator, I would animate a full-scale movie for this game. That's how much lore, depth, and just enough zany, interesting mechanics going on. I mean, look at Angry Birds, the movie. Not a bad movie, honestly. Not a great movie, but not a bad movie. Pretty good animation. And considering it's literally taking off of just a fucking mobile game that really doesn't have as much depth. It, Angry Birds is great. It does have depth. I'm not saying it doesn't. But Bloom's Heart of N6 is way more in-depth and a much better lore. Way more unique character designs. Actually, I don't know about the more recent Angry Birds. I can't speak on that. I'm just speaking from 2010 to 2014 sort of stuff. But, um... But yeah, I'm just saying that this game had shoulders and amount of stuff you could dig into. You know? I mean, look at Clash Royale. Look at all of this. It's insane. It's impressive. You know? The lore, the world building, the love of it. But even with Clash Royale, as much as I love that game, and it's, you know, mostly a mobile game, you could port it to through PC, I think. You could stream it to your... I, I don't know. I don't know how certain people do it, but it's a mobile game. And it's a great game. It's one of the better mobile games out there. What I like about Bloons is there's more depth. Yes, there's strategies. There's a lot of depth to Clash Royale. But at the end of the day, it's three lanes. And the depth is really in who you're playing against because you're versing people. So what they've got in their deck at their disposal, how they know how to use it. So there's endless amount of variety. And there is a lot of depth in Clash Royale. When you place a card down in Clash Royale, it has that effect, and that's it. You upgrade the card, it makes it better. There's that. 
and each card has different benefits. So in its own regard, it's very, very well thought out. It's a masterful mobile game. I'm not saying it isn't. I spend many hours in that game. I love it. But in in the terms of Bloom's Tower Defense, Bloom's Tower Defense doesn't have as many cards or towers, but it has more variety. Because a tower can take a form of diff- different things. Attack Shooter, for example, which is a primary tower. You place it down, it's like 300 coins. They look like coins. I don't know. Monkey, whatever it is. You place it down for 300, usually, or somewhere in that range. It's cheaper. It's on the cheaper side for initial place down. It has a small little area radius, and it shoots at 360 degrees, which is unique. Not many things do that. You know, shoots tacks. It pops things, right? Now you got three tiers. You can go... You know, usually top tier is more damage, more pierce, whatever, right? And then the middle is usually longer range or faster. And then the bottom is other attributes. That's usually how things go. Not always. But when you get past tier three on each one of those main lanes, right? There are three main lanes. Think of them going down vertically, three main lanes. And then going horizontally, there are five tiers within each or four. uh, No, I think it's five within each of those. You only pick two main of the lanes you go down, or main tiers or whatever, and then within that, only one can be fully maxed out, and the other one can get up to two levels. So I can get extra attacks up to shooting 16, but then if I go top path to three and on, it changes its properties quite significantly. It makes them start shooting fire attacks, which then takes out lead. Okay, that's awesome. So now I'm shooting more attacks with more damage, and they're doing fire damage. So anything that's uh, vulnerable to that, I mean, it does more damage than it regularly did, and now it could pop leads. Now, here's the thing. This attack shooter cannot one-man these things. Everything's balanced pretty intricately. Everything gets changed during seasons, you know, buffs, nerfs, balancings, fixings, all that, right? But it's pretty well balanced for the most part. It's very minute changes over time. It's not like where something is so OP. There are OP towers, right? There are towers that if you don't place them, you're going to make your life a lot harder, we'll say. And if you do place them, the game becomes astronomically easier, right? And it's not necessarily because they're just OP towers. They're just really well thought out to the point where they cover a lot of the bases, so they're eventually nerfed to a way where they're still great, they're still good, they're not like you can't use them anymore, but you still, they're not doing quite as much as you they might have originally. But anyway, with the tax shooter example, let's say we get more tax on it and it's shooting fire, and it's that's the path it's going down. Great. Well, it does a fuck ton of damage, and it really can clean up and keep things under control. However, when things get faster, it may not always catch everything, but once it gets higher, it will. But then, it can't see camo. That's a problem. You know? So, then you drop a monkey village, which, after a handful of upgrades, quite costly, mind you, we're talking about near 4,000 coin total, anything in that radius can now see camo, which is huge. And then you go up to a 7,000 or so dollar upgrade, and it can see pop any type of balloon, which is massive. That single-handedly allows any kind of tower that may be vulnerable to certain things invulnerable. But that's later. That takes a lot of time to get to. 
right? So how do you build up? How do you get to that? That's just two towers, by the way. That's just two. That's one example of benefiting one tower using two towers. There are 30 towers or so more, actually. I think there's 30. With all of that amount of variables at play. And then that depends on the mode, the map, and what's going on in your skill set. That's what I love. The depth, the complexity, and how much you learn from failing. I think that's an important mechanic people forget about in gaming, right? Too often do we want the quick release of success and uh, the dopamine flooding in, right? Those endorphins, those, oh my God, I'm succeeding. And that's great. But sometimes that doesn't feel as warranted if you don't earn it, you know? That's why Elden Ring, I think, is so coveted the way it is. I think it's a great game across the board, but I think one of the reasons for that is it has mastered the art of overcoming and feeling rewarded for it naturally, It's hard. It's hard for an artificial product, right, for something that you play to give you a sense of the fact that you're getting fucked and you don't know what to do and you just spend more time and maybe you go back to the drawing board and try some new things and eventually it clicks and you figure it out and you're like, huh, shit, actually. And then you achieve whatever you're trying to achieve. That's hard to do. Balloons does it. Rocket League does it. Rainbow Six does it. Elden Ring does it. They're all, they all do that, and they do it masterfully. Some of the best examples of that, those are the kinds of games I like and that I stick with the longest and the most, you know. And it depends, and each game's different. They're not always going to give you that satisfaction, especially if you fail too much. You might need a break, right? Some people are built different. I like those kinds of games. I like games that are challenging and with enough variety and depth. I've grew up playing all types of games, and I still do. But, yeah, I've learned that the games that really keep me interested or keep me hooked challenge me. They don't break me. They don't put me to... Well, sometimes they do. But they don't put me to a point where I can't... I can't do anything. That's not fun. That's called unbalanced. And there are times where that happens. It's not perfect. However, usually when that happens, there's a counter to it that you just may not realize, which is why... All those games have possibilities. Now, with Rainbow and Rocket League more specifically, what makes those different from Balloons and Elden Ring is they are predominantly player versus player. So the variable in their changes because players with different skill sets and knowledge or whatever they may have acquired in-game changes. That is the variety. That is the complexity. And sometimes you'll just get your shit kicked in by somebody who knows how to play better than you do. And it sucks. And you lose. But you all start equally. That's the other thing. Halo's good at this too. Halo's actually expert at this. Um, all of these games have equal footing. For the most part. Um, Call of Duty doesn't. At least not the new ones. They can. Uh, Call of Duty is still pretty well balanced for all the intricacies, and it's a great game. But Call of Duty, and Call of Duty, mind you, is not an easy game to be good at. There's so many people playing it, and there's so many people who spend way more hours in it that it's naturally just a hard game to be really good at and be put in a pool with good players. So there is that. It's not an easy game by any means. I'm not good at it, so I'll be the first to say. But I will tell you this. COD has weapons... That are just significantly better. 
And you can you usually can unlock them eventually, but if you've played more and you unlock them, you are just going to have an easier time. And then the community, like, backlashes. Oh, you can't use that. You're cheating. <laughs> it's not cheating if it's there, for, for one. It may be imbalanced. It may be broken. It may not be fun for you, but it's not cheating. You know? Rainbow... A lot of some of the weapons are universal, but a lot of the weapons depend on the operator unit. But everybody has them as long as they have the operator, right? Because because each operator only has two to three primaries, give or take, and then one to two secondary guns. That's it. And some of them repeat. If you're playing as Rick with an MP5, I mean, yeah, you you have the MP5, but if anyone else plays as that unit. Uh, as the GIGN on defense, they can have an MP5 as well. Same attachments and all. So there's no... There's still weapon balancing, yeah? I mean, there's still different weapons you get for different operators, and if you buy that operator, you get that weapon. But the weapon doesn't actually inherently make you the most powerful because of another mechanic at play, the tactical realism. If you shoot somebody in the head with any weapon in Rainbow, they're dead. It's insta-kill. Doesn't matter if it's a pistol, doesn't matter if it's a submachine gun, shotgun, sniper rifle, doesn't fucking matter. If you shoot them in the head, they're dead, regardless of what gun. They have kept that principle, and they will keep that principle. Headshots are kill shots instantly. No down but not out state, nothing. If you get hit in the head, you're gone. It's actually the hardest learning curve for playing this game, because when you peak angles, which is a big deal in Rainbow, you have to be careful. And people aren't used to the destructibility of the game. They're not used to people breaking in a small piece of a window and hitting you from this weird shot. And it's frustrating to just die out of nowhere. It is. But you learn the map, you learn the mechanics, you learn what gun, you learn what suits you. You learn what you're comfy using. Yeah, the operator's cool. Their movement speed, their gadgets, and their special ability is important. It's integral. It's what allows the meta to shift. But another thing is their gun, and it used to be the optics that come with that gun, but now most optics are universal anyway, so it's not as big of a deal. That makes a huge difference. If you're good with a stable submachine gun and a 1.5 scope, you're going to use frost, even if you don't give a fuck about her traps. She has low recoil, decent damage, decent fire rate, and a 1.5 ACOG scope, which is arguably right now the best scope in Rainbow. You're going to use that if you're comfortable with that gun. That's how Rainbow stays balanced and is still very much a skill-based thing because you have to land your shots. doesn't matter what gun you have. It's not going to make you the most inherently powerful person ever. There are certain operators that will give you an edge, but it's not much of one. It's usually counterbalanced. COD is not that way. Balloons Tower is that way. There are still some stuff that's OP. You will use something that's OP that may be great or you may be comfy with and know how to use, but there is always another balloon type that will fuck you up your day and you will need something else to deploy. And that's what I love. It's the balance, the yin and yang, the push-pull dynamic of figuring out what to do next and what's best for this current situation. That's the challenge. Figuring out how to overcome that obstacle by the tools that are at your disposal. Making the tools easy, accessible, and easy to understand is perfect. Now, give us those tools and let us get fucked in the process of trying to figure out how to use them adequately. That's what I love the game. That's, that's one of the biggest reasons why I, I always am coming back and trying new things. 
So yeah, anybody who hasn't played Bloons Tower Defense 6, interested in tower defense games, try it. Anyone who uh, has a kid who needs to get into gaming or who wants, you know, or not needs, but you want to get them introduced, that's always a good method. Um, anybody in a long-distance relationship or who wants to keep a friend in touch and find something to bond and strategize over, that's a good way to do it. Anybody who wants a leisure, casual game with depth and complexity for down the road if they want to get into it, easy to pick up, play, understand, uh, difficult to master down the road, this is your game. This is a game made for everybody as long as you put the time and 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 really give it uh, thought. And that's why I love Bloom's Tower Defense 6, and uh, I think it's one of the better games out there. It's definitely not a kid's game for these reasons. So, thank you everyone for listening. I hope you have a great day, and I'll catch you next time. Peace.